Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Slide Into Sports. One of the main things we're going to be talking about today, given the title, is Ohio State giving the slip to the NCAA about Michigan? A very interesting development to this story from last week, that is for sure. Um, UCLA falls out of the AP poll, Penn State versus Michigan this coming weekend. And how will the story surrounding Michigan affect the preparation of both teams going into this game and more, including a lead up into next week, introducing our first or first one or two guests on the show. Stick around and find out what we're going to be talking about next week. Okay, I would like to thank everyone uh, that joined the college football watch party live stream on Saturday. It was fun watching college football, of course, but it was also great to have uh conversations with y'all and answer some of your guys's questions uh, the next stream will probably be monday november 13th during monday night football and not saturday because i'm going to be out of town and won't be able to stream then all right let's uh let's just talk about the uh, ap poll announcement uh top nine didn't change at all but there's a lot of chaos from 10 through 25 because a lot of like a few of those teams that were in the teens last week lost and some of them were two lost teams so they really fell so per usual, you've got Georgia one, Michigan two, Ohio State three, Florida State at four, Washington at five, Oregon at six, Texas at seven, Bama at eight, and Penn State at nine. So those they all hold their spot because they all won or they had a bye week or they just didn't do anything wrong that weekend. Then you have Old Miss moves up to 10, Louisville moves up to 11, Oregon State is back at 12. Utah moves back up to 13. Tennessee goes up to 14. Oklahoma State jumps from being not ranked to 15. Missouri falls to 16. Oklahoma goes to 17. LSU falls to 18. And then you've got Kansas at 19. Tulane at 20. JMU at 21. Notre Dame falls to 22nd. So they fall a whole 10 spots. Arizona moves up to number 23. North Carolina comes back into the rankings at 24 and Liberty at 25. Despite the chaos in the double-digit ranked teams, I think the AP poll did a fairly decent job here. But of course, I have a different take. At one, I have Georgia because they took down a strong Missouri team. It was definitely their toughest match of the year. And it was very close until the end. But Georgia has a tougher game against the fiery offensive Old Miss that has only a loss to Bama and is looking to break into the top 10. They're currently tied with Bama in the standings for uh, the SEC West. So they need to, like, if they want to have any chance of being atop the uh, SEC West, they need to beat Bama, or uh, they need to beat Georgia and hope that Bama loses another game. I have Michigan at two. I moved them up from last week because they took care of business in uh, against Purdue in a conference championship rematch. Uh, Ohio State's at three because while, yes, they did take care of Rutgers, the first half was a bit questionable, and they came out. They did come out and win by a lot of points, but that first half was had me a little worried about them, so I moved them to three. Uh, Washington, I have them at four. Uh, I have them passing up Florida State because I liked their win over USC 
better than Florida State's win over Pitt. Uh, with that said, I have Florida State at five. Oregon is at six. They continue to dominate their opponents. Uh, let's see what they do next week when they face USC and their offense. Uh, Texas, I have them at seven. Uh, they had a really close game with Kansas State. They won in overtime. Uh, I have Bam at eight. Uh, they they had just gotten a strong win over LSU, and their app, their offense just looks amazing right now. A lot like they've come a long way from the start of the year after their loss against Texas and their close win against uh, Southern Florida. Penn State, I have them at nine. They got a good win over Maryland, but Maryland hasn't really looked too good this year. Uh, they were ex- Maryland was expected to be better this year, but they they've been kind of disappointing, to be completely honest. Uh, but in that game, they do look good leading up into the game with Michigan. So expect that expect this weekend that Michigan Penn State team game to be a really good one. Uh, Ole Miss, I have them at ten. Uh, they had a close game against Texas A and M, but they still looked really good. Uh, Louisville moves to eleven after holding Virginia Tech to just three points. Uh, I did see that a lot of people were thinking maybe Virginia Tech could shock Louisville. I mean, it did kind of make sense for people to say that. Was at Virginia Tech, and it was a key game for Virginia Tech if they wanted to stay in the standings for the ACC championship against Florida State. And lots of the teams that are just below Louisville in the ACC probably wanted them to lose. Probably wanted Louisville to lose because that would give them a better chance of sneaking into the ACC championship. But right now, after that win against Virginia Tech, the ACC championship is looking like it's going to be a Louisville versus Florida State game. I have the Cowboys of Oklahoma State up at 12, so I moved them up further than the AP Bull did. Uh, They had a really, really good win against the Sooners. I think they have a a chance uh, to win or to make the Big 12 championship to play Texas. I think they would give Texas a good show. Uh, Their Oklahoma State's run game is just insane. It, It just looks they're running, they have one of the best running backs in the NCAA right now. So I think Oklahoma State, Texas, expect that to be the Big 12 championship matchup. Oregon State, I have them moving up to 13, partially due to the fact that the teams above them shot down the rankings, like uh, like Notre Dame. Uh, they, did, they did win their game against Colorado. Uh, Utah have them at 14. They just threw around Arizona State. Uh, they go up against Washington this weekend, so let's see if uh, the uh, Pac-12 championships, uh, the Pac-12 champions from last year, if they can shock the Washington Huskies. Tennessee moves up to 15, and oh my goodness, Tennessee—they have seen so much movement in the AP poll this year. They just—I think last week they were down at like, tw- like in the. 20s somewhere you they might have been 20th and now they move all the way up to 13th and they won i mean yeah they won against yukon but like it's yukon um tennessee does have a tough game against georgia in a couple weeks but tennessee is going to have the home field advantage so expect tennessee to go like to bring the fight to georgia I have Missouri at 16. Even with the loss of Georgia, uh, they looked really good. Uh, their offense seemed to tire out in the fourth quarter. Uh, two critical interceptions were thrown, 
like on the two last possessions of the game, which cost Missouri the game. Uh, Kansas, they move into the 17th spot after a great win against Iowa State. That game was kind of wild, too. Uh, now, I have Arizona at 18. Do they have three losses? Yes. Did they lose to USC? Also, yes. But ever since then, they have just been on a roll and have steamrolled everyone else they've played. They steamrolled a very strong US, U, I mean UCLA team, excuse me, and making them go all the way to their third string QB. So the first, first QB got injured in the middle of the game. Then the second one came out. He got injured. And then they had the third one. So they... The Arizona defense looked really tough there. But yeah, no, I mean, this. I think this is also the first time in a while that Arizona has beat three ranked opponents in a row. It was just, this has been an absolutely great month for Arizona. Uh, I have LSU at 19. They lost to Bama and their QB is now injured. So expect LSU maybe to not look as good. Uh, their playoff hopes are shot for sure, I think. But I think the loss of their QB is worse is a worse loss for them uh, than the loss to Bama. I have Oklahoma at 20. After their loss to Oklahoma State, uh, I mean, even before that, they've really been in a downward spiral. Uh, they might bounce back against West Virginia, but, I mean, we'll see. West Virginia is also looking to sneak into the conference championship. A win against the Sooners will help them get there. Uh, I have JMU at 21. Uh, they still remain undefeated. Tulane at 22, they won as well. Uh, Notre Dame falls to 23 for me. I mean, this is mainly because they lost to a 4-4 four and four Clemson team who has looked awfully questionable this year. Uh, Liberty moves to 24. They're still undefeated. And I have North Carolina at 25. I mean, they held Campbell to a single touchdown. Like, that's Campbell. Uh, they're going up against Duke this week, so just like how I said about USC last week. Don't expect North Carolina to stay in there very long. And that's all for my rankings. So let's go Let's go look at the Pick'em games now. This, this slate of games is going to be interesting. Well, I mean, this kind of works out because we wanted to talk about Penn State-Michigan game, and that's the first game on the list. Uh, right now... It is split about 80-20 in Michigan's favor. Majority of people are picking Michigan, but the match predictor has it split 50.7 to 49.3. So it's like they have it split 50-50, but it's slightly in Penn State's favor. I think a lot more people would be picking Penn State if this was an evening whiteout game, because that's normally when, like that's, I mean, Penn State is known for their whiteout games and how loud it gets then. But because it's a noon game, People are maybe expecting it to not be as wild of an environment. But I wouldn't count out the Penn State fans. I it will it will still be a very electric game. I mean, let's look at the last two let's look at both of their last two games here because I mean both of them dominated in their last two games. And it's kind of interesting because they're both like the outcomes of the games kind of ended very similarly. Uh, Penn State played Maryland at Maryland. Per, uh, Michigan played Purdue. It was at home. Uh, Penn State scored 10 more points against Maryland than Michigan did against Purdue, but Michigan held Purdue to less points than Penn State held Maryland. 
this is going to be a very close matchup. But while we're here, let's talk about how the teams are preparing amidst the Michigan story. Because, I mean, we did kind of talk about it a little bit, but because the the story, like all the accusations, people are now like being more cautious with their signs and yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, the story does not, I mean, from what we've seen so far, the story doesn't seem to have a negative effect on the team morale of Michigan. If anything, it has made it stronger. They really rallied behind their coach, which I think is really good for them. They might be tiptoeing now just because, you know, they've got the spotlight on them and they've, I mean, they don't want to get into any more trouble, I don't think. Uh, Penn State is probably working something up to prepare for the change of signs in some form or fashion as a precaution. Uh, Penn State's also riding on the fact that they lost to Ohio State a few weeks ago. And they're looking for a place in the top four to get into the college football playoffs for the first time ever. And in order to do that, they must beat Michigan. So this game for Penn State is a bigger game than when they played Ohio State. So this is probably going to be Penn State's biggest game of the year. Otherwise, if they lose, they can kiss their top four hopes and uh, playoff hopes goodbye. Uh, With that, uh, even though it's a noon game, Expect a very passionate and loud Penn State fan base to show out at the game. And with all that writing for Penn State, I wouldn't be surprised if this game gets taken to overtime. We did see last week a lot of games go into overtime. So I would expect nothing different this week. This is one of those games where it could very well go into overtime. Both these teams, they're really good at rushing. Their defenses are both solid. And they're, I mean, both like, both their QBs are very good, so I would expect this to be fairly even going down the stretch, and it will probably go to overtime. And I think Penn, I think Penn State could. I think they're probably going to come out on top, but I think what'll happen is it'll be a close matchup here, and then Michigan. I think they're going to be going into a bye week. And then they're going to be preparing to slaughter Ohio State to make a statement. Because I think after the Penn State game, people are going to be like, oh, well, Michigan can't play good teams because of science, like without sign stealing, blah, blah, blah. But that'll get Michigan and their team fired up, ready to just destroy Ohio State. I mean, the past couple times, yes, Michigan has beaten Ohio State by more than 20 I think they might take him further uh if they lose against Penn State they might try to beat him by more than that so I mean I think in this outcome I'm gonna take Penn State uh just because I think it's a pretty even matchup and more people are picking Michigan and I think sometimes if you pick the matchup where less people are picking and you win like it's a it's a better win for you i mean it's kind of like picking the the uh under every single time you know if you pick the under every time you have to put more money out in order to make more money but when you pick the over you put out less money and you make more money <coughs> so i'm essentially taking a little bit of a risk here uh, second game on the docket is Texas Tech versus Kansas. I mean, give me Kansas. It's at Kansas. They still have a chance to get into the conference championship game, which is looking like it's going to be against Texas. Um, 
and they still have a chance, even though they're a three-loss team, because of their conference record. Because the conference championship game is based, like you get into that based on your uh, your conference record, not your overall record. Uh, Texas Tech did have a big win against TCU, but don't let that fool you, because the TCU like the TCU team this year was it's they do not look like they did last year. They do not look as dominant. They do not look as good this year as they did last year. They did also lose a lot of people to the draft. So I would ex- I would expect Kansas to win this game, hands down. Um, third game is Virginia Tech versus Boston College. Uh, Boston College really hasn't looked all that bad this year. I mean, you look at their record, they're 6-3. and three. Which, I mean, that makes Florida State's win over Boston College look a little bit better. I mean, winning over a 6-3 and three Boston College, it just, yeah, it makes that win look a lot stronger for them. Uh, my gut's telling me to pick Boston College here, and I think I'm going to go with that. Uh, Boston College is also on a five-game win streak right now, and <clears throat> two of their losses are against the two top teams in the conference, which is Florida State and Louisville. They had a strange loss to, I think it was Northern Illinois. Uh, yeah, it was. A, they had a strange loss to Northern Illinois, like week one or week two. But ever since then, Boston College really hasn't looked all that bad. And I think Virginia Tech is, they put a lot of preparation probably going into the Louisville game. And I think that loss is going to, that loss demoralized them. So I'm going to go with Boston College. Next game is Iowa Rucker, is the Iowa Rutgers game. And a lot of people are picking Iowa here, which is shocking me. Because I mean, yeah, sure, Iowa 7 and 2, but like, but both teams have strong defenses. I think the Rutgers offense is better than the Iowa offense. I mean, you look at Iowa, they're basically USC but in reverse, right? Like USC, their offense, they can put up points all day long, but that defense, that defense gives up like the worst amount of yardage almost in the entire NCAA. Like their defense is not up to par to anyone else. But Iowa's defense is really good, and they like stop a lot of people, and it's one of the top defenses in college football. But their offense puts up, like, no points. I mean, you even look at their win against Northwestern. It was 10-7. It was a close game. It was not—yeah, it just was—it's not—they just don't put up a lot of points. And Rutgers, they put up a lot of points. I mean, they they stood their ground against Ohio State last week. And I think Rutgers is going to— like they're gonna be not they're not happy about that loss, so I think they're gonna just absolutely take it out on Iowa. A uh, game, uh, so yeah, give me Rutgers. A uh, game five is Western Kentucky versus New Mexico State. The match predictor says Western Kentucky has almost a seventy four percent chance of winning this game, but a lot of people are picking New Mexico State, which I mean kind of makes sense because New Mexico State is on a five game win streak. While Western Kentucky has only won uh, three of their last five with the two-game losing streak after being UTEP. I think Western Kentucky 
snaps New Mexico State's win streak and beats them. Uh, Western Kentucky does have a really good offense. They were one of the teams that put up 10 or more points up against Ohio State. Not a lot of teams can say that. Um, and this game is at Western Kentucky. So it's going to take—I think it's going to take too much time for the New Mexico State team to get acquainted to the away environment of Western Kentucky. And Western Kentucky jumps out to an early lead, and and that's that's all that has to be said, I think. Western Kentucky, give me Western Kentucky. A uh, sixth game on the docket is Texas State versus Coastal Carolina. <coughs> You've got— a fiery offense of Texas State versus a rock-solid defense of Coastal Carolina. Um, the game is at Coastal Carolina, and they're favored to win by 75%. Uh, Coastal Carolina is also on a four-game win streak, looking to make it five, while the Wildcats of Texas State have lost two of their last five. I like Coastal Carolina in this match just because, I mean, defense, I mean, you see it, like, Ohio State, like when they played Notre Dame, it was a low-scoring game, and both of those teams have solid, like they both have solid defense. So, I think defense—that's really what wins games in uh, college football. So, I'm going to take Coastal Carolina. All right, Game Seven. This one is kind of a doozy here. We've got Missouri versus Tennessee. Missouri's coming off a tough loss against Georgia leaving both of both Missouri and Tennessee tied with each other in the SEC East East with two losses. I like the way Missouri has looked this year compared to Tennessee. To te ugh, Tennessee has not been very consistent in their play, especially on the road. I mean, both their losses, both of Tennessee's losses are on the road to a Florida team that was questionable at the beginning of the year and a Alabama team that is just on a roll right now. So I think Tennessee being on the road is a big faster factor in this matchup, especially with a hungry Missouri team that wants to win after a tough loss to Georgia on the road. I also think Tennessee is probably going to be looking more ahead to the Georgia game than Missouri uh, because, I mean, it is Georgia after all. Um, I'm going to take Missouri in this matchup. I like the, I really like the way that team has looked this year. They've been probably one of the more surprising teams in college football. Game number eight is Oklahoma State versus uh, UCF. Um, I'm going to make this one quick. Just give me Oklahoma State. It's, it's not even going to be close, so I'm not really going to go into it all that much. Uh, the ninth game, oof. Uh, that one is Old Miss versus Georgia. The match predictor says Georgia has almost a 70% chance of beating Old Miss. I think the factors at play that are going to have the most impact on this game is the Old Miss defense and the Georgia offense. <laughs> Old Miss, so, okay. Old Miss needs to keep the Georgia offense off the field as long as possible if they want to win. Forcing Georgia to play like their offense, like they have to force Georgia's offense to play fast. If Georgia wants to stick with Old Miss, like that, I think that's going to be Old Miss's strategy, because we know that Old Miss, they can move fast, they can th 
throw the long ball. They can score very they can score very quickly. We saw that in the old Miss versus LSU game. Um and like like I said earlier, Old Miss is currently second in the SEC West to Alabama. They have one loss in the conference to Alabama. Alabama has no losses in the SEC conference. So if Old Miss wants a shot at the SEC championship game, which will probably be a rematch against Georgia, they have to win this game. It is very critical for Old Miss to win this game. Even though this is at Georgia again, Georgia's low-key lucky here that this is at Georgia. Um, anyway, uh, I think Ole Miss is an, a tougher opponent than Missouri. Um, so this match is bound to be close. I mean, if this match wasn't close, they would not have put it on the college pick'em. Like, that's one of the things about college pick'em. They pick 10 games that they think are going to be hard to predict. Because, <coughs> I mean, otherwise, like, if you think about it, everyone would be winning if all the games were easy to pick, you know? So I think because, like, I really want Ole Miss to beat Georgia here, and I don't want to pick them just because I don't think they have that big of a chance of winning. But they did beat LSU in the thriller. It was one of the highest scoring games in college football this year, if not the highest. Um and in that, like, the offense was on the field for a very long time that game, which, I mean, shows that their offense has the stamina to last the whole game and be strong throughout. Um, I'm going to go against my better judgment here, and I'm going to pick Old Miss. Now, a lot, I think, I think around, like, 80 or 90% of people picked Georgia. This is kind of like the pick with the uh, Penn State-Michigan game. I'm taking a little bit of a risk, but there's high reward, and I think Old Miss has a better opportunity to upset Georgia than Missouri had. I mean, you saw how close the Missouri-Georgia game was. It was very, very close. I think it was closer than most people thought it was going to be. Oh, my word. <laughs> you know, I think... It was closer than people thought, which I think is a sign that Ole Miss can shock Georgia. And lots of like teams like Missouri and Tennessee who are right behind Georgia in the standings, they need Georgia to lose this game. So I think, I think Ole Miss takes Georgia in a close matchup, but it'll be it'll be a high it'll be a high scoring game. Uh, the final match in the pick'em is Fresno State versus San Jose. And I'm going to pick uh, Fresno State because uh, they've been on a roll and San Jose, San Jose State lost to, an, lost to an Air Force team that just got absolutely crushed by Army. So that makes that loss for San Jose look worse. And Fresno State has stood against tougher teams like Purdue and won. So I'm going to take uh, Fresno State here. So <coughs> the tiebreaker. This week, the tiebreaker is how many total points will be scored in Old Miss versus Georgia. And last week, which was the tiebreaker, the tie, uh, the last week, the tiebreaker 
was the how many points would be scored in the LSU Alabama game. And I said there'd be 80, around 80. I was 10 off. Uh, it was 70 points total. I think it probably would have been closer to my pick had LSU's quarterback not had that injury at the end of the game. Um, I mean, that really had a huge impact on LSU's gameplay. I mean, your quarterback is like the quarterback is one of, if not the most important players on the field because they touch the ball the most and they like they help make the plays and they make them happen. Like they're one of the key pieces into making those plays happen. (coughs) And they're involved in every play. So and also with uh, with LSU's quarterback. He was on track to be to like he was one of the quarterbacks that was a Heisman candidate. So which I mean also shows you how much of an impact that he had on LSU's team. So them losing out on him, I think he probably could have scored at least one more touchdown in that game, which would have made it 77. Which would have make which would have made my prediction look so much better. Um this game though with uh Georgia and Old Miss. Um, I think 57 points will be scored total in this game. Uh, this is because the uh, Georgia's tight end, Brock Bowers, is injured, and that's the biggest playmaker, so that's going to affect Georgia's scoring. And Georgia's defense is probably going to hold Miss to— I combined two words there. Hold old Miss to less points than they normally score, which, I mean, I think last game old Miss scored— almost 40 points. So it'll probably be like, they'll probably, yeah, they'll probably score almost 60 points combined, which is why I picked 57. (coughs) All right. So there has been a new development in this uh, story with Michigan. Um, There was allegations made against coach Ryan day and his family for hiring private investigators about having people look into Michigan and see, to see if they were side stealing. Which, I mean, does not sound surprising at all, like, when you first look at it. Just because, I mean, the rivalry is so heated, and now with this story, it just is getting even more heated. So, when you, like, yeah, when you just, when you first look at the story, when you look at the headline, you're like, okay, yeah, this makes complete and total sense. But, on Monday, the allegations were deemed false, and according to Yahoo Sports, Big Ten Commissioner... Tony Petiti asked NCAA officials whether or not it was true, and the NCAA officials were told it was untrue, or they said it was untrue. So, I mean, what even prompted, like, in my mind, what prompted the investigation in the first place anyways? Because, I mean, this story has just grasped so much attention so, so fast. Like, (coughs) we don't, like, I feel like a lot of people don't even know where the root of that even starts just because of how quickly the story has moved along. It's just completely left. Like, it's like we just pulled the tree right out of the ground, you know? Um, so, I mean, it, they said before the NCAA started their investigation, a private investor investigator came forward with the evidence implicating Michigan but it doesn't say who hired the private investigator. Because when you have a private investigator, someone has to, like, 
hire them, right? I mean, they're not going to investigate something without cause. Because, I mean, you know, why investigate something without cause? I mean, I think I think that's also illegal. Anyways, um, we don't know why the investigator was doing this or who they were doing it for, but I still think it was a rival school. And I think, I mean, it doesn't seem to be Ohio State. At least that's what the story is implying. But I would not be surprised at all if it was. I just don't think, I don't think it was Ryan Day. Because kind of like with the um, with the sign stealing, lots of people were accusing Jim Harbaugh of giving the go-ahead on the sign stealing. And that was his whole idea. But it was really someone else that was on, yes, they were on the Michigan staff and they were on the coaching staff, but it wasn't Jim Harbaugh. And it doesn't sound like Jim Harbaugh was the one who gave the go-ahead. So I'm thinking something kind of similar is going on here. Probably someone from Ohio State, maybe an assistant coach, <coughs> maybe someone like kind of like the, you know, just like a maybe a recruiting person. I don't know, someone like kind of on the lower end, I think, prompted this. And I mean, this kind of goes into, I mean, for me at least, when I look at stories like these, I think lots of people automatically assume, like, when they say, when it says Michigan, people are like, oh, it's Jim Harbaugh, it's him, it's him, it's him. And same thing with Ohio State. If it says Ohio State in the headline, it's, oh, it's Ryan Day, it's him. He's the one who, he's the one who prompted the investigation. And, you know, you don't really look into it much further after that. But, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just what happens when someone, like, up at that level, like, their name like the name Ryan Day is associated with Ohio State and the name Jim Harbaugh is associated with Michigan. So you've got that whole name brand association right there with both of them, which is beneficial in some ways. Don't get me wrong. It has benefits, but um, in this case, it's not very beneficial. Um, but when stuff like that happens, like I mean, in the article, it talked about how Ryan Day and his family, after the allegations were made against them, uh, that they were receiving death threats, which, I mean, that that is not okay. Um, I'm sure similar stuff happened as well, like with Michigan. People were probably making threats towards them as well, which is not okay. Um, but, but that's what happens with the name brand association. There is the benefits, but there's also the the things that are not so nice like that. Um, but I think that just means that we need to be more careful when we're reading the articles and reading the headlines and making sure that we understand what is at play and what could be going on behind the scenes. Because, I mean, you got like, because lots of people, they're biased towards Michigan, they're biased towards Ohio State. You have to put it aside and be rational. And not a lot of people, not a lot of people these days are rational. So just next time re when you're reading that stuff, try to take that into account. Uh, so last week, the official college football playoff rankings came out, which is interesting. <laughs> um, and I think it definitely was interesting. They're definitely going to change. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to be able to actually put them up and react to them. So I'll be doing that like on, I'll be doing that on Twitter. Or maybe I'll make like a stream for that, but let's just react to last week's. 
<coughs> last week's rankings, let's just like look back at them and think about how much different they're going to be this week because of all the chaos that has happened. Okay, so they had Ohio State at one, Georgia two, Michigan three, Florida State four, Washington five, Oregon six, Texas seven, Bama eight, Oklahoma nine, Old Miss rounding out the top 10, Penn State 11, Mizzou at 12, Louisville at 13, LSU 14, Notre Dame 15, Oklahoma, I mean, Oregon State 16, Tennessee 17, Utah sitting at 18, UCLA 19, USC 20, making a little Pac-12 trio there, uh, Kansas at 21, Oklahoma State 22, Kansas State 23, Tulane 24, and rounding out the top 25 is Air Force. I wouldn't be surprised at all if three of these teams were off the rankings this week. I think the teams that will probably be off are USC, uh, UCLA, and Air Force. Those are probably the three teams that are going to get booted out of the college football playoff rankings uh, going into this week. Um, I think Ohio State will probably move out of the number one spot. And I only say that because uh, Georgia's resume has improved immensely after that win against Missouri. Um, and I think other than that, I think the top nine spots will probably stay the same. Bama might move up past Texas. I mean, the college football playoff rankings, do they rank it differently than the AP poll. So I think that could be a change, even though... Bama lost head-to-head to Texas, but you never know. Um, but yeah, if you want to see more of my reactions, I'm probably going to be doing it on Twitter. I might do like a little recording um, or just like a little tweet. I don't know. We'll see. All right. To end the episode, uh, I have a special announcement. I'm going to have one or two guests on the next episode. We're going to talk about swimming a little more in this in that episode. Uh, so I decided to not talk as much this week, and that's partially because the mid-season meets are coming up. So <coughs> I wanted to go into a little more detail with swimming next week to talk about, like, the mid-season meets and just—and also, like, how— um like how recruiting affects uh, high school students and like going into college and what and how like different college swimming is than high school swimming and stuff like that. Because I think not a lot of people really talk about that. And I think that kind of stuff, even though like it's little like it's little things, but like when I was younger, like I was taught that little things can sometimes mean the most. So we're going to talk about the little things, um, but we're going to do a deep dive on it. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about, like, uh, maybe why people choose, like, club swimming over college swimming, what led what led us to those decisions, uh, and, like, how we feel after. Because, like, now that we're—I mean, I'm on my third year in college, so, I mean, it's—I it's, 
I mean, I'm able to kind of reflect on that a little bit. Um, so are the guests should also be able to reflect on that as well because they're also going to be like around the same amount of time of college as me. So, but thanks for coming on and joining me this week. Um, Twitch stream, don't forget that's going to be Monday uh, during Monday Night Football. It'll, it probably won't be right when it starts just because I have class. Um, but it'll be then. It'll be on Twitch. Um, I tried to record the stream, and I thought I did, but I did not. So there's only a clip of the stream from last week um, that's up on the Twitch, which you can go check that out. Um, uh, there's also the install we posting. I post updates there. Um, in the YouTube, uh, my goal is to also have, I'm going to upload the streams there as well because Twitch only stores the streams for 14 days. So I'm going to upload the streams to YouTube as well. I'm going to try to figure out how to stream from both Twitch and YouTube because I think you can do that. Um, just because I think YouTube is a little more easier to access because Twitch is kind of it, Twitch is still kind of a newer platform and YouTube it's a lot easier to store uh, old streams so I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing that uh, thanks for coming on I'll see you all next week uh, get ready for I hope you all enjoy the uh, the fire weekend that is gonna be college football and yeah, I'm totally doing like the Midwestern goodbye where like you say goodbye like four different times, but you don't actually leave. <laughs> okay, but see you all next week. Uh, yeah. <laughs>